Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty with you today from the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, our good buddies down by the Hattiesburg Mall, uh, serving delicious food seven days a week. Some of the best brisket you'll ever eat, barbecue, uh, pork, uh, I could go on and on. Dickie's uh, is just fine. They open seven days a week. You can dine in again. You can uh, take takeout. You can do the drive through. They'll deliver it to your home. We ask you to support them. All right. Uh, Thursday, Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. He'll be on the show here in a few minutes. Kelly Sander joining me in the last half of the hour. But first, a guest we're really looking forward to talking to. Maurice Gowdy is the new head football coach at Northeast Lauderdale High School Former Golden Eagle running back from 1994 through 1999, former offensive coordinator for Laurel High School in Moss Point. And, Coach, uh, your first appearance on our show, we're mighty glad to have you. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, once a Golden Eagle, always a Golden Eagle. Fair to say, Coach? That's right. Absolutely. To the top, baby. Tell us what led you to Southern Miss before we get into uh, what you're doing now. Well, actually, uh, I'm a former player at – I graduated from Pasco High School, of course, in 94, played for Bill Matthews, uh, being recruited out of high school to Southern Miss, and uh, actually uh, you know, uh, did not receive a scholarship out of high school. Uh, but I was able to, uh, fortunate enough to uh, attend and walk on and uh, earn my uh, athletic scholarship through my um, uh, performance on the field and became a three-year letterman. And, were part of some really good teams and got to play with some really great athletes. Uh, and what an example to set for high school football players. Am I right, Coach? Say again? I said, what an example to set for high school football players that oh, you go as a walk-on and, and you earn a scholarship in letter three years. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Coach Bauer, uh, like a father figure, uh, figure to me, and, uh, you know, hard work, dedication, determination, discipline, these are the things that he instilled into uh, – all of his players, and Coach Bauer has always been big about giving those kids, those players the, uh, that worked hard during his tenure at uh, Southern Miss the opportunity to earn athletic scholarships. He was, he was always big with that, and I was fortunate enough to be one of those recipients. Well, my co-host on the show is not here today, Luke Johnson. Uh, same thing, walk-on player at Southern Miss, uh, later earned a scholarship. I don't know about you. I, I think I know what you're going to say here, Coach, but I, I don't think you can – I don't think you can ever say enough about what Coach Bauer did for the football program at Southern Miss, and I'll just give you my opinion. I don't think it's been the same since he left. Uh, I I can agree. Uh, you know, we've been very fortunate to have some some really good uh, coaches throughout the years uh, to come to Southern Miss. Southern Miss, in my opinion, is is such a family atmosphere. Uh, we've had uh, Coach Bauer really instilled in his players the sense of family before everything. Uh, I was a part of the team when uh, him and Miss Debbie uh, 
had the misfortune of losing, you know, their uh, oldest daughter. And uh, that same year we went on to win, you know, uh, our first Conference USA Liberty Bowl championship. And uh, it was a season to remember. It was unfinished business. We took care of it. Uh, I think uh, that family atmosphere is what actually led us uh, to that victory that season. Everyone contributed. I was a Wild Eagle Award winner uh, for three years. Uh, and just playing for your uh, your coaches, for your teammates, and it was just such a great family atmosphere. And I, I think the world of Coach Bob, I still stay in contact with him and Miss Debbie and uh, Stephanie and uh, – He's like a second dad to a lot of people. No question about that, Coach. All right, 60 applicants for the coaching job at Northeast Lauderdale. You went out. That right there is quite a compliment to you. And uh, and then, Coach, you, you come in. We were talking about this yesterday on our show. Such a difficult time for high school football coaches. You, you take the job in February, and now here you are in June. And it's time to start getting your guys ready. But you're doing that in the midst of just so much uncertainty uh, surrounding coronavirus. We've discussed this countless hours on the show, Coach. What do you think we're going to see when football season rolls around this year? Is it going to be what we're used to? Are we not going to have high school football? Or are we going to have high school football perhaps in a different way than what we're accustomed to? I, I, in my opinion, I think it's going to be a uh, – this is my 20th season to coach football uh, on the high school level. Uh, my first time having the opportunity to be a head football coach, but I think it's going to be uh, different, extremely different. Uh, my suggestion, I would like for us to go in and start immediately with uh, district play. Um, you know, before you know, right now things are warming up. Um, you know, it's hard to tell, you know, uh, where this COVID virus is. At. You know, it's usually about hydration. That's what you push during this time of year, kids drinking water, make sure. But now, there's so many other things, like you said earlier, you know, uh, every coach is dealing with it, dealing with a lot, you know, making sure that their kids, the players are, are, are safe, sanitized. So, uh, just going, you know, football is an emotional and it's a contact sport. It, the players have to make contact. So, uh, I think the, what the, you know, what's going on now seems like uh, the High School Athletic Association for Mississippi is just trying to monitor and see what the maybe the NCAA is doing and uh, maybe it's going to make a decision out based off of what the NCAA is doing to uh, determine what's going to be the best route because our, our kids' safety around the state, those who participate in sports, uh, it comes first. And uh, I'm sure, I'm confident that the High School Athletic Association will make a good decision. And coaches, we just have to adhere to the guidelines. Coach, my friend Mitchell Williams with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, you may very well know Mitchell. We, we were talking uh, – a couple of weeks ago about high school football coaches, how important really it is for kids to get back and, and be part of a team this year and not from the perspective of playing on the field. But I, I know personally, having done a lot of high school football through the years up in the Mississippi Delta, that a lot of football coaches like you, Coach, are just – you're a lot more. You're a lot more in the lives of these young men, young men than a football coach. Uh, in many cases, you're you're very much a father figure, a disciplinarian. All the most important things for for young men to be associated with. Uh, so I'm sure you agree. There are other important reasons to get football back other than just what we're going to see on the field. Yes, sir. I totally agree with you. Uh, that's what we're here for. Uh, I uh, um, just uh, last year I was a part of a Lewis film 
staff, uh, I got fortunate enough to play uh, at my uh, alma mater high school, Pastor Coach there in Pastor Bullet. Uh, I learned from Lewis, you know, about instilling a, what we call a, a leadership academy. Um, and football is not the game itself. Like you said, it's, it's what you learn from playing the game. Uh, these kids, these players are going to go on to one day become fathers and, and, and uh, uh, parts of society. And the things that they're learning from playing football, they're going to use uh, later on in their life. Uh, statistics have shown us that uh, kids who participate in extracurricular activity, whether it's football or cheerleading or band or whatever the case may be, tend to be more successful later on in life because of what they learn from um, being a part of their team, like as you said. So coaches like myself, we have a, a tremendous responsibility. Uh, we're spending, usually on a normal uh, case, we spend more time with these kids than sometimes their own parents do right. during the course of a season. So, yeah, I agree with you totally. You know, I, that's how I look at my kids as I've always looked at the kids that I've been fortunate to coach. They are my kids. They, I, I do expect them hold them to a higher standard, and uh, they, they can reach out to me at any time. And uh, at Northeast, that's exactly what uh, these kids have been uh, expect, been looking for, is someone that they can rely on, trust, uh, look up to, uh, model themselves after. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to chip off the old block. I learned from Jeff Bauer, learned from Bill Matthews, to carry myself the way that I expect my kids to carry themselves and to hold them to a, a high standard. I'm not there to be their friend. I'm there to be their mentor. And uh, it's just like what you said. It's not the, the game itself. It's what they learn from playing the game. No question, Coach. I agree with you 100%. I think, again, the most important thing about high school football is what we don't see on the field. It's that relationship. About 30 seconds left, Coach. What are you telling your kids right now about football season? Uh, like I said, we're utilizing this leadership academy. Uh, we have, uh, we're Trojans, Northeast Lauderdale Trojans. The T is for trust. The R is for responsibility. The O is for season. The opportunities to get better. The J, we use the Jesus, the best example of leadership. Uh, the A is for being accountable. And the N is for never giving up, never quitting. So we're taking the opportunity to uh, instill not just uh, football from an X and O uh, standpoint. We use Zoom. To, uh, for installation, but getting back down to the basics of football. Football 101 is running, catching, tackle. So we're trying to get back down to the basics of teaching. Well, Coach, it's pretty clear that uh, Northeast Lauderdale High School is in good hands with you. Congratulations on getting the job. Uh, thanks so much for the contribution that you made to our storied Southern Miss football program. And best of luck to you this year, Coach. Hope to see you. Hope to see you playing for a championship really soon. Thank you, and God bless you to the top. There we go. Maurice Gowdy, everybody, head football coach at Northeast Lauderdale High School, former great running back and a team man with Jeff Bowers' Golden Eagles. Good interview. Patrick McGee next. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back. Glad you're with us. Bob Getty, First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Great selection of Southern Miss apparel. You can buy it online, have it shipped right to your front door. If you feel good about getting back out and shopping, they're open on Hardy Street right across 
from the Southern Miss campus. Patrick McGee, Biloxi Sun Herald, the professor, of course, joins us every Thursday as he is uh, doing today. And uh, Patrick, uh, big news broke uh, since we last talked about the Conference USA Baseball Tournament leaving the Mississippi Gulf Coast. As a guy who lives and works on the Gulf Coast, uh, fill us in. What do you think happened? Well, obviously, they just couldn't make it happen. I, I know I talked to Tim Bennett whenever the tournament was originally canceled this year because of the pandemic. He, he was hopeful that it would come back to Biloxi for another year. And, and uh, you know, it was only a matter of time for the conference maybe start considering uh, bringing it back on campus occasionally or doing some other things. Uh, but I want to understand, and, and I haven't run with a report just because I haven't spoken with Sutherland, but I was told by uh, multiple people that, that the Southern League had changed the way uh, that it was, you know, it, the way it was handling scheduling. In other words, you couldn't block out dates at a facility, at one of the, a Southern Lake Stadium, for well in advance or for you know a couple of years or something like you know two to three years. And that's what it would have taken for it to come back to Biloxi. And there was a scheduling issue uh, uh, in 2019 for the tournament to where there was supposed to be a Shuckers game and there was overlap with the uh, conference tournament, and they had to rearrange things a little bit. And uh, there was some money lost there. Uh, so it's it. Unfortunately, it just it, it looks like the Shuckers really just didn't go to bat for the uh, the conference tournament. Uh, you know, in this impacts you know stadiums across the Southern League, uh, which I, I don't get because I mean, it, why wouldn't uh, uh, you know the the team get behind an event that would be beneficial to the you know you know to Biloxi? It's you know they bring in a lot of people you know stay in hotels and stuff like that. I mean, there's it's it's beneficial to the community, but. Unfortunately, politics kind of came into play here. Hmm, that's that's terrible to hear. And it was a money maker for Conference USA, wasn't it, Patrick? Yeah, and, and, and the baseball tournament typically isn't something to where the conference makes money, but they did get a little. The conference did make a little money off of Biloxi because they were willing to uh, pay a certain amount to have it come there through Tim Bennett and Overtime Sports. Uh, they were able to put a check in the conference's hand uh, each year. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, bringing it back on campus. Uh, you know, it's going to Louisiana Tech this upcoming season. And, and I think they'll have good attendance there at Tech, at least for Louisiana Tech games. I think their uh, fans have kind of uh, started to show up a little bit better here in the last few years. But, of course, you won't get what you would see in Hattiesburg or maybe a season at Rice when things are going really well there. So uh, it's going to be Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss, and Rice over the next three years as far as conference tournament hosts. Fair to say, Patrick, that nobody draws baseball support in the conference like Southern Miss. No, it's it's really not close. Uh, like I said, Louisiana Tech has gotten much better uh, as they've been more competitive. But you know, if you have a season where Louisiana Tech's a little bit down or or something like that, I mean, it's it, it could be a you know we'll, we'll see. I would expect Louisiana Tech to be a good team this upcoming season. I can't say for certain. I don't know much about the team, but uh, you know. They're probably consistently a top three or four team, while Southern Miss is consistently a top one or two. So that increases the odds of having good attendance when you host it in Hattiesburg. And, of course, Rice, they've been in the bottom half here recently. Hopefully they're kind of back on track by the time uh, that third tournament comes around. But yeah, no, nobody can really hang with Southern Miss in terms of attendance. There we go. All right, Patrick, let's switch gears to football. We were talking yesterday about all the complex matters surrounding uh, the return of college football with COVID nineteen, and interesting that one of the one of the things we discussed with a doctor yesterday is, well, how do you go about testing athletes for COVID nineteen, and how often do you test them, and and what mm-hmm. happens if an athlete shows positive? 
say an offensive lineman shows positive and he's been working out with the other O-linemen, uh, so now they're all in quarantine. A little news from you, I think, uh, in regard to how Southern Miss may approach that. Yeah, I've got a story that I'll go in a little bit more detail on how this is being handled here shortly. Uh, it's uh, Southern Miss, they're, they're kind of in line with, I think it's Missouri, and I, I forget the other school off the top of my head, but it's uh, Southern Miss is not testing each athlete as they come on campus. Uh, they're only testing athletes who show symptoms, and, you know, they're, they're monitoring, you know, they're checking for fevers and stuff like that. So, I mean, they're, they're keeping... They're monitoring these athletes, but uh, not like, you know, I think it's Nebraska and uh, Florida. They're both testing every athlete that comes on campus. Uh, I know today at Arkansas State, I think they announced that they've had seven student athletes uh, test positive. So, uh, you know, Southern Miss isn't the only one doing this, but, you know, it it does kind of bring in that little bit of concern that they're missing, you know, players that are asymptomatic or something like that. It's really a tricky deal. Every school is kind of going about it a different way. Uh, but at Southern Miss, they're really just testing athletes that show symptoms. And this is a contact sport. So, I mean, you know, there's going to be people touching one another, uh, for lack of a better term. Patrick, it just, it just almost seems it, it almost seems impossible to understand how they're going to maneuver through all of this. Do you, do you have a, a, a grip in your head as to how they're going to manage this situation? Uh, I, I think they haven't said yet, and I, I imagine they're probably debating it on how they're going to handle it once they're getting you know, into fall camp and into the start of the season. I would guess at that point they would probably ramp up their testing uh, in some way. I, you know, they're just, I can't say specifically how they're going to do it, but obviously the, each school is going to take it more seriously as they get closer uh, to football season and some of these other sports fire up in the fall. So uh, right now, you know, you have a limited number of, you know, uh, they're really kind of creating space for the athletes, you know, trying to create as much social distancing as possible when they go in the weight room or they're conditioning out. All conditioning is being done outside. I, it sounds like they're taking all the necessary steps to kind of prevent the spread as much as possible. They're cleaning the weight room, all that. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, really right now it's the question is, is how, how are they going to handle this uh, once they get out and practice and they're starting to have, make contact with each other? Right. Uh, that's that's really the, the the issue that's going to have to be looked at. Here's another scenario too about football in the fall. You know, you always worry about uh, as a coach or a fan, you worry about the key players on the team being lost to injury. Mm-hmm. Now you literally are going to have to worry about the key players being lost to a virus. Yeah, and this thing obviously spreads pretty quickly. Uh, you know, one guy's on a practice field and he's not showing symptoms. You know, he catches it between the time he tests and the time he gets out on the field. Uh, next thing you know, you might have seven or eight teammates who are, are testing positive. So it's incredibly tricky. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just I don't have a great answer for it. I sympathize for them. I, it's an impossible situation, really. Uh, I would suspect that, you know, that there's going to be teams to where it, it really becomes a problem. And it's, it's no, you know, it's, it's probably going to be really random. You never know who's going to, you know, have to deal with this. And, and I know I think in the high school high schools, I think it's in South Carolina, that they've told coaches to be prepared to, you know, not play a couple of games during the course of the season whenever there's, you know, an outbreak on the team. In other words, they won't be playing games that week. Uh, does something similar happen for during the college season? You know, if there's an outbreak at a certain program, does the NCAA step in and say, I'm sorry, we can't let you take the field? Or, you know, you miss the mm-hmm. game altogether and, then, and you don't play, uh, which would make sense. I mean, why would you, if there's a, 
serious outbreak, like we've seen it on, I think it was that uh, naval ship where over a thousand uh, uh, sailors tested positive. I mean, who's to say that can't happen uh, for a bunch of athletes stuck in an athletic apartment building or in an apartment complex or something like that? I know it's probably easier to spread on the ship, but still, it's it's really, you know, it's it's problematic. So there's a, a lot of things that we'll be learning going into the fall. Hopefully things kind of calm down and the spread slows, but uh, chances are whenever the temperatures start to drop, it becomes more of an issue. Kelly believes that there's a 40% chance of playing high school football, a 60% chance that there won't be high school football. Where, where, what do you think, Patrick? Oh, no, I, I think there will be high school football. Uh, I do. Uh, you know, I, I think – it's going to be really hard for high schools to keep this reined in. Uh, some of these schools have really big football rosters, and it's a little bit harder to kind of uh, keep a keep in keep a you know keep under check. So uh, there could be issues once the season starts. But uh, every indication I've seen out of the High School Activities Association is that they want to move forward with this thing. And Activity Association doesn't carry as much sway as you would see the NCAA or or even some of these other states that have uh, high school activity association. It's really a lot of decisions are made from district to district. It's not really, you don't get blanket decisions often from the high school activity association. So uh, it's kind of every man for themselves, every school for themselves, every district for themselves. So I'm pretty confident games will be played. Now it may get complicated uh, once there's outbreaks or something like that, or, or there's some type of issue, but I, I expect football to be played and on the high school level. College level and professional level as well, they almost have to play because of the money, right? Yeah, if you haven't noticed over years, you know, football coaches and, and athletic directors are fairly stubborn people, and whenever they want, you know, things to go down, they're going to they're gonna try to make it work. So I think everybody's going to try to come together, and hopefully everybody's kind of proactive about it and goes about it the right way. But I, I think there will be football games played. I was kind of doubtful like three or four weeks ago, uh, but I would say it's probably – 80% chance that things go ahead as planned on the on uh, the, the usual start date. Well, there we go, Patrick. That's good news. And your optimism is increasing, I gather. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, well, it's just, just the way you listen to everybody and the way they talk about it. Everybody's so determined to play football games. Uh, now, whether they'll limit attendance or even play some games in front of like 10% of capacity or even no fans in some place, that remains to be seen. Uh, but I know that that, they, that the revenue off tickets is badly needed at these schools, and I think they'll try to get as many fans in there as they can. Hopefully they do it safely. All right, Patrick. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you next Thursday. All right. Thanks. Patrick McGee, everybody. The professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald on the Eagle Hour. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right. I want to thank Patrick McGee, the professor, for joining us, as he does every Thursday since the start of this thing, and we uh, are grateful to him for that. Also, our thanks uh, to Coach Maurice Gowdy up at Northeast Lauderdale High School. I thought that was just a great interview. Kelly, I don't know if you've uh, – uh, Kelly Sander with me. Now, I don't know if you've ever uh, talked to or met uh, Coach Gowdy, but, boy, he's class act, and I think that was a great hire for uh, that school up in uh, Lauderdale County. Man, I'm telling you, the guys that, that choose to go into the coaching profession, that you know, regardless of the sport, that come out of Southern Miss, to me, have always just been top-notch guys. Right. You know, and, and women. You right. know, they're, they're just uh, 
So that speaks well for the school that yep, it's cranking out. Sure. You know, not only good coaches, but good quality people. Right. All right, this segment sponsored by one of Kelly's favorite places. Mine, too, 4th Street Bar and Grill. Great food, great lunches every day, great sandwiches at night, lots of fun stuff. We've got pool tables, dart boards, memorabilia out the wazoo. You don't like that word, Kelly Wazoo? Uh, well, I, I think we know how painful it is to have things coming out of your wazoo. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I open that door? I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, Kelly, how much are those lunches? I, I just can never remember. Eight ninety five, and it's probably a little bit late uh, today to get in on the pork chop pork chop lunch, but uh, and thick pork chops, too, if you haven't been there, man. You're getting your money's worth. Tomorrow is what day, Bob? It's Friday, so that means? Catfish. That's right. Some of the best catfish. And take it from this former Delta guy who knows catfish. That's really good catfish at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Man, this this COVID stuff, Bob, is still, of course, most of the listeners have probably heard now that one of the most iconic events in uh, Mississippi's history, both past and present, has uh, has been wiped out due to COVID nineteen. The beloved Neshoba County Fair is that right? That's news has to been me. Canceled. It has been canceled for twenty twenty. No Neshoba County Fair. How about that? Year. How about that? On the sports front, the Indy cars are in Texas this weekend, and they are going to run. Uh, but uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway announced this morning that their triple header of events scheduled for July 4th, which includes the NASCAR Xfinity Series, the NASCAR uh, Cup Series, and the Indianapolis Grand Prix, which features the Indy cars. They were going to run three races in three days, July 4th weekend, and originally it was going to be with fans. But the Indianapolis Motor Speedway announced this morning the races will be run, but no fans will be allowed to attend. So no fans, and that's that's July 4th. Now, the big Indianapolis 500-mile race, which is normally scheduled for the last weekend in May, has been moved to August 23rd. We've known that for a while. But now with these cancellations coming in events in early July, does that also now put the greatest spectacle and racing in jeopardy scheduled for the third week in August? Stay tuned. We'll have news for you. On the Southern Miss front, the Northwestern State Demons out of Natchitoches, Louisiana, members of the Southland Conference have announced that they are coming to Hattiesburg to play football in 2022. Uh, we've talked on this show lots of times about how um, the Southland and the Sun Belt are, are good geographic uh, places for Southern Miss to pick up opponents, and that's exactly what they've done for the Demons scheduled to come here in 2022. And the NBA Board of Directors, within the past half hour, has voted to return to play uh, they have approved a 22-game playoff tournament. All the games will take place in Orlando, Florida. It was nearly a unanimous vote to get back to work playing that 22-team tournament in Orlando. The only team voting against it was the Portland Trailblazers, who, of course, are, are the furthest team away just about in the NBA. So uh, things shaking in the sports world, but maybe not shaking exactly the way right. we want them to, Bob. Now, before the NBA proceeds, they'll have to get the approval of LeBron James. Am I correct about that, Kelly? Well, and LeBron, uh, LeBron is busy, so he, anything that he can't handle, he passes down for God to decide. <laughs> That's, see, LeBron passes it down to God. You're exactly right. <laughs> now, one other thing about that Indy 500, that would have been, what, last weekend? 
Under normal circumstances? Yeah, Memorial Day weekend, that's right. So under normal circumstances, you would still be physically suffering from that week, am I correct? And as the older I get, the longer I suffer. Yeah, it's not easy you to recover quite more, is it, Kelly? You think I would learn. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, I can remember being young, working on a highway crew all day, going and drinking beer all night, and then getting up and being back on the crew at 6 the next morning. Now I would probably have to ask for a couple of weeks off if I had one no. night out like that. Yeah, and, you know, at, at my age, I really I don't, quote, unquote, party near as hearty as I used to. You know, you, you learn over time. Uh, but that's one that's one weekend I really have a good time. But that's enough. You know, that, <laughs> for the year, one, right, Kelly? That's about <laughs> enough for, for the rest of the year. And we were talking about the Indy cars getting back on the track in Texas next Wednesday, Bob, here on the Eagle Hour. Bo Cockfield is going to be a guest of ours. Bo was a uh, Southern Miss linebacker um, when Jeff Bauer was the quarterback at mm. Southern Miss. Wow. And uh, Bo Cockfield went on to be part of Team Extreme, which was, which was a real um, proficient team in the Indy Racing Series. And uh, so he's going to talk with us about his career at uh, Southern Miss and then Good. getting on to the Indy Race Course. All right, so tell me this, Wednesday. Kelly. If, if you had uh, whatever track, pick a track, it doesn't matter, and uh, you put an Indy car there, the 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 best Indy car on the circuit that year against the best NASCAR on the circuit that year. Who would win the race? The Indy the Indy race the Indy car would. Would it be close? Uh, Indy cars on straightaways on the super speedways will hit about two two forty, <laughs> and the NASCARs at top speed will be just a shade over two hundred. Isn't that crazy? Now okay. both of them are booking. Both, both of them are booking. We're moving, aren't they, Kelly? But the Indy cars, I remember Ari Leyendijk, who won the race twice in Indianapolis, and the, the, after the first one he won, he qualified the next year. And uh, he qualified at an average speed of 239. And he got out of the car very um, like he'd seen a ghost. And he told the reporters afterward, he said, fans always want to know how, much, how fast is too fast. He said, that's too fast. Really? Yeah. Two thirty nine is too fast. He said, "If I sneeze, or whatever, I put it in the wall." That crazy um, hard in the wall too. And the G forces, the G forces against your head. You know, it's you, you can't move your head off of the off of the back of the the pad there because of the G forces against it are are too strong. Mm-hmm. By the way, Bob, we get a chance, and I'm, and I'm uh, we'll mention his name tomorrow. But I got a, I actually got a uh, social media message from a listener down in Arizona. Uh, a Southern Miss fan who listens to the show in Arizona, and he was very complimentary of the show, said that he really enjoys the mix of Southern Miss present, Southern Miss past. He said he even kind of likes our goofballery sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, the, he mm-hmm. said there's just a really good mix good. of the show, and um, he said he tells every Southern Miss person that, that he knows to, to right. tune in the Eagle Hour or download it. And Bo Cockfield, when I was talking to him yesterday to book him for the show next Wednesday, he was saying that in his Indy car days, he said he was amazed. Of course, they would go at tracks all over the country and all over the world. And he said he was amazed at the number of people that would come up to him and start talking about Southern Miss. Yeah, I agree so with that. I agree with that. Yeah, uh, a few years ago, my wife and I went to visit our son in Germany when he was in the Air Force. And uh, you would be really shocked to know, but I, I, I can recall I had two or three people in Germany in Germany now, of course, Americans that were, you know, in various right. races in Germany, holler to the top if when they saw me wearing a Southern Miss baseball hat. So, yeah, I mean, it is 
It is worldwide. And I'm going to make a note about that guy from Arizona. Hang on here a second, Kelly. Okay. That's up to 13 listeners now. I'm pretty impressed. I mean, wow. we've broken a dozen, Kelly. Yeah, but 13, that's not a good number to be sitting on. Well, we'll take my mother off the list. That'll get us you back know, to 12. When people shout to the top, they, they usually shout at me, too, but usually they'll shout to a police officer and say, there he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> that's, right. That's usually the case. Now, yeah. there's a little difference of opinion uh, on the show between you and the professor. The professor just told me he feels 80% that there will be high school football in the fall. You don't, do you? No, I don't. Um Again, the schools have to have to get open have to get open first. The only the only scenario that I can see where there would be high school football is if they they would have to limit the crowds somehow. And then how do you do that? Do you just do you just tell the players on your team, look, only your family, uh, you know, each player is going to be limited, kind of like at a college game, you're you're limited to ten people per player, or things like that, and then shut out as it were the general public. I mean, there's, there's is going to have to be some way to monitor crowds because again, high schools have—they've got bills to pay. They have to have fans in there somehow, and you know it's no secret that there's just not a whole lot of money out there that the high school high school teams are are not sitting with a bunch of money in the bank. So I mean, they they can't operate in in empty stadiums. Mm-hmm. So if they can figure out number one how to get the school doors open. All right, and we talked about a plan yesterday where some schools are thinking about maybe having the juniors and seniors do their classes online for this semester, for the upcoming fall semester, and then just have the freshmen and sophomores there physically where you'd have just two classes you know, in a full building, which would help with social distancing. But then what are you going to do and how are you going to limit the crowd? Because you have to have paying people because you've got bills of referees and safety personnel, et cetera. They've got to be paid. Patrick says 80%. What percentage? Where is your percentage right now? I'm 60-40 against, and I hope, believe me, I hope I'm wrong. Continue the conversation with my buddy Kelly Santa right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. Glad you're with us. Want to thank Hattiesburg Toyota for sponsoring the fourth segment of the show. It's a great place to buy a vehicle, new or pre-owned. They've got cars, trucks, SUVs. Got one of the best brands on the market. Just re-signed up as a sponsor of the Eagle Hour, and we want to appreciate uh, express our appreciation to them. As well, uh, Kelly, to our, our friends at Stokes Distributing Company. I know they're very dear to your heart. Uh, one of the large beer distributors here in South Mississippi just signed up for another year as an Eagle Hour sponsor, so we're grateful to them. Well, I think they're they're still going to come out ahead of that one, Bob, because I, I, I signed a new 20-year deal with them. <laughs> 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 a lifetime deal, Kelly yeah, Todd, with, that's right, with yeah, Stokes Distributing Company, right? Never met a beer I didn't like. That's for sure. All right, I'm gonna throw a question at you, Kelly Sander, because I'm always interested in your thoughts about these things. I read an article today about ten coaches, uh, Division One college football coaches, on the hot seat. 
I think it's fair to say that pre-COVID-19 at the conclusion of last year's football season here, there was a lot of scuttlebutt about, you know, that the football coach here uh, needed to have a good year. You know, that the, the needed there needed to be some improvement in the performance on the field. But here's my question. Whether it's the football coach at Southern Miss or the 10 football coaches that were listed at the larger schools that are all on the hot seat coming into the 2020 season, is all that thrown out of the window? Does everybody get a free ride because what they're going to have to deal with with COVID-19? 100% yes. Everybody's going to get a free pass this year because it would just be too convenient of an excuse. Mm -hmm. You say, look, well, you know, we've never been down this road before. And, 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 it's, and it's a reasonable argument. You know, we've never, been that, we've never had to deal with these type of circumstances before. I know it's the same for, you know, all the schools theoretically, but some schools might be back to business a little bit sooner than others. So, you know, that would have to weigh in, you know, to the decision. There's just too many moving parts there to make a decision on, you know, th- this whole season is going to be an anomaly. It's going to be an asterisk. It's going to be an italics, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, I think if anybody under normal circumstances would be under the hot seat, we'll get a free pass this year. That is my opinion. Well, and here's another reason, and we discussed this a bit earlier in the show. Uh, you know, many times in, in football, and I think the higher the level you go, I think the NFL is the epitome of this, but uh, many times uh, teams that come out on top in the end are the teams that have been the have suffered the least number of injuries. So you go into a football season, and you're always concerned about your quarterback breaking his leg, you know, your best running back, your best lineman, you know, messing himself up, and you lose those players off your team. And in the end, if you lose too many, then you really, you're not putting the same football team on the field that you started the year with. Uh, now, that'll still be there, but now you got to worry about your quarterback coming down sick. Let's use the NFL. So what happens in Tampa Bay if come November Tom Brady tests positive for COVID-19? Tom Brady's probably done for the year. Well, and because he is over 65 years old, he's, he's in, in the at high risk, risk group. <laughs> <laughs> he's in that at-risk group anyway, you know, to begin with. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, again, a fair question, Bob, that, that nobody – has answers for you know when I talk to these high school coaches you know and I ask them the question that that you asked me and you asked Patrick you know they're these guys make their living coaching high school football and they don't even know right at this point if there's going to be a season there's some good news breaking out of Southern Miss uh, Jim Cole one of the public relations officials at uh, Southern Miss did release a statement that um, and look we're looking for anything positive right in this day and age but uh, there will be no tuition or fee increases. Um, through the 2021-22 hmm. uh, school year, so that's that's good news. No tuition or fee increases well, uh, now, for students. Well, now you know COVID nineteen is affecting everything. If the colleges aren't going to hike up tuition on the parents again this year, well, nobody's nobody has nobody's been working. You know, it's, um, generally speaking, so um, it's man, this thing is changing the world, not just the United States. It's uh, it's changing. How airlines do business, it's going to change how we travel. It's going to change, you know, international uh, boundaries as far as people coming and going. Probably not going to be able to do that like they used to internationally. So, um, um, 
Well, my son you know, indirectly works in the airline business. He's an air traffic controller, and I asked him about that. I asked him that very question a couple of weeks ago, Kelly. What? How, how big a change are you seeing in commercial air traffic? And he said it's probably down about 75%. And, you know, how, how can the airlines make a profit? And I know the president and, and Congress have talked about, you know, some sort of bailout uh, for the airlines because you can't just – shut them completely down. I mean, there's still people that have to to get to and from. Um, it's tough. Yeah, it's, tough. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just an awkward situation. I never thought when we started this show we would go month after month after month talking about how a disease is preventing anybody from, from playing sports. But here we are, Kelly Santer, and I think what you said that is probably completely accurate. This season will have an asterisk beside it. And nobody will really be judged, uh, will be judged one way or another because of the difficult circumstances they're faced with. You agree with that? I, I do. And, and we, Luke is back tomorrow, right? Is tomorrow Friday? It is. Thank God. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, he'll be back tomorrow. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.